0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit BPN.fm to discover more.
1: Up on top, we ain't got much, but we it, living it up. Just enough to fill our cups. Living it up on top. Brother-
0: You're listening to Way Down Hadestown, Town, a miniseries from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. Welcome back. I'm Mo Brady. Hey listeners, welcome back. We made it all the way through the ensemble of Hadestown. Here is our fifth and final interview for this series, and it's with Timothy Hughes. Timothy made his Broadway debut in Chaplin in 2012. However, he's probably most well-known for his performances in The Greatest Showman, the film, and Frozen, where he originated the role of Pabby. He's also made quite a stir on social media this year for being the six foot six six foot seven we'll find out the very tall ensemble member in hadestown here's our conversation Hi, Tim. Hi.
3: Would you introduce yourself and tell us what
0: neighborhood of New York City you live in?
1: Yeah, I'm Timothy Hughes. I live on the Upper West Side
0: and you play worker number five Worker
1: five, yes.
0: who is worker number five?
1: I mean, yes, I have like a full backstory that I've had to that had to come up with.
0: We have infinite time <laughs> so uh we are ready. Oh my
1: god. I don't know if I'm gonna share all of that information. No no I no mean, what, whatever Feels um, but yeah, for sure you ha- I mean you have to. It's, it's one of those, the show has like all those different worlds. You have to wear a lot of different hats. So like the challenge is to not overly specify certain things so that you are, my idea of who I am in the show is a little bit malleable depending on what um, part of the show we're in.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. So for part of the show, are you Tim?
1: N- no, no. Um, I'm never playing myself. Like myself just doesn't fit into the context of that show, but there are certain Parts where it's more me than, than than other times.
0: Are you looking at like kind of two characters then? Like a, yeah, like a yeah. below and above character?
1: Yeah, the interesting thing is like in the Greek mythology of it all, they talk about in the underworld being shades of your former self. Like oh. when you go down to hell, the dead version of you is kind of void of a lot of that personality and a lot of that self-awareness. Like I can play it as, as the same... Character, But the character in the underworld doesn't really have the awareness of what he was. Do you know what I mean? It's a difficult thing to (laughs) to articulate. Well, you guys are playing so many different kinds of shades. I've attempted to make it the same character who's gone down to the underground, even though the timeline of it is a little bit more Mm -hmm. confusing. Um, But just to lose that sense of who I was in that above ground and then kind of um, nearing the, the end of the plot to try to bring back elements of, oh, I remember this these aspects of myself uh, that I was also playing earlier in the show. We
0: know that workers one through five are the vocal lines.
1: Yes. So you're the bass. The lowest, yes. Is this really low for you? Is it normal low? Not normal low. I mean, it's not normal low for, for, I don't think, anybody. Even in a bass track in another Broadway show, it's just a very low bass track. Historically, I've not really sung the bass track ever. I don't know how this really ha- how it really happened. I think because of my height, people want me to sing lower. Mm-hmm. Um, but naturally, my like my actual vocal range is much is probably higher. Like voice teachers have always asked me to work on the higher end because that's where it naturally sits when mm-hmm. I'm singing. Um, But then the expectation of this industry is always like to sing lower. I think because I had that like one really low note in Frozen in in the beginning when I was like doing, and it it, like opened up this lower register that I was like, oh, I totally have this. They never tested it in an audition. Like when I saw the sheet music, I was like, do I even have that note? (laughs) Yeah. And then I think from there, I've just been able to, because I had to sing very low every night, I kind of figured it out. Um, and have developed that lower register. And then this track came along, and I was like, oh, I can do this.
0: So when was the first time you heard about Hadestown?
1: When I saw the audition. And it was a discussion that I had with my representation about going from a principal to an ensemble and whether or not that was a strategy I wanted to consider. And it definitely was based on the creative team for Hadestown and... and the buzz that already kind of surrounded it, the within our um, community, there was already a lot of people who I respected and admired who had said wonderful things about it off Broadway, and I was surprised to see that there was a track that was well suited for me because I had it had been on my radar and I had not seen anything that I was right for. So the fact that this popped up, I was like, well, wh- where did this come from? turns out they added these workers later on right and
0: was the track you went in for is that onstage ensemble cover of 80s Okay. so how long was the audition process for you
1: it was very quick I think everybody else's was very long (laughs) it's
0: been varying but yes did you go in before um, Christmas or after after oh my gosh yes
1: okay keep going I went in for two days It was Monday and Tuesday, and then I was done. We um, danced first, um, and it was a very small room. I think this, I think it was a, um, what do they call it when they like reopen the audition or they're still seeking, they're Mm -hmm. still seeking. Um, So when this came around, it was still seeking. I was like, oh, they've looked for this before. And I wasn't looking necessarily at the time, Mm -hmm. Um, but my year was coming up for um, Frozen and I wanted to shop around a little bit. I I knew that it was going to be a very specific um, group of people. So the first dance call was already um, a small room. I would say like 15 to 20 guys. Okay. And then from there, it was cut down quickly after that first dance call to maybe five of us. And then five of us did a ton of the material. Rachel, our director, wasn't even in the audition room. So um, Liam, our music director, ran a lot of it and a lot of it was taped. And then the associate um, director, um, Tamla, was there. And I felt really good. I felt like I worked a lot of the material and um, they threw a lot at me. Like it, it actually was probably um, the hardest audition for m- testing my musicality and reading of music um, because things that I was not asked or required to learn, I was singing kind of sight singing in, in the audition. So I felt good, pretty confident, and I was like, well, these are the people, these are my closest competition. (laughs) Um, And then that, and they were like, well, final calls are later this week or something. And then at at like 10 o'clock that night, I was called back for Tuesday morning. Um, So I came back right away, and it was starting with singing this time, and there was only one other guy from the day before. So I knew it was him or me. If they were going to hire one of us.
0: Right, right. Because still seeking, maybe they'll just still seek after you leave.
1: Yeah, yeah. But still seeking also means they're desperate (laughs) to find somebody (laughs) because they've already looked. Um, Yeah, so I went through the whole thing again. Actually, I didn't work the Hades uh, material right away. I walked out of the room and I was like, oh, crap. They didn't have me do any of that. And then they called me back in right away. Oh, okay. So then I went back in and I did the Hades material, and then we changed. And then the last group of people that we danced with was just a combination of of all the last puzzle pieces that they needed to fill. Mm -hmm. People were in for the swing track, Orpheus cover, and the Hades cover, it seemed. So it was only a group of, and that was it. It's Tuesday, and when does the call come? I think
0: Thursday. This is your third Broadway show. Yeah. And three very different kinds of shows, three very different Tracks, I think, for sure. Which has been the most physically demanding?
1: I think Chaplin was the most physically demanding. Um, I'll believe that. Yeah, it was Warren Carlyle, right? Warren Carlyle's choreography, yeah, and direction. Yeah, I lifted every woman in that show, literally. I think every woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was, and it was just nonstop. His direction was so cinematic so mm-hmm. it just was a seamless transition here and there. And they were, and we were wearing a ton of hats, uh, literally. Um, a ton of different costumes. I don't think I saw my dressing room again until the middle of Act Two. Jeez. Yeah. Which was thrilling. It was super exciting. But I think physically demanding, um, Chaplin. This one's pretty physically demanding, too. Um, Hadestown. Oh!
0: <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about all this
1: buzz about you being the tall, hot guy. <laughs> that's, that's actually my character's name. <laughs> tall, hot
0: guy. <laughs> <laughs> um right? Like we know you in the Broadway community. Like you just came off of Frozen. Like I I knew you from Chaplin. I know you through Broadway Cares, Broadway Bears. Sort of there was a connection there. Yeah. Um, I've
1: been tall before. You've been
0: tall before. <laughs> but like, how's it been for you?
1: Surprising um, and thrilling and odd, slightly odd because it is my third Broadway show. And because I played a role before that was should have been more identifiable as a character and maybe because I didn't look as much like myself. I yeah, like, you oh, like came out
0: shirtless with like Yeah with a tail. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I think just because the the size of this show, the intimacy of the show and the company, and I really do think it's the approach of the creative team. The director and the choreographer wanted us to be individuals. Mm-hmm. They approached the, the process, seeing us as really important characters to the plot and wanting us to be fully developed as individual people, which doesn't always happen for ensemble members. Mm-hmm. So I think because my approach is always that, to fully develop and, and to do all the work as an actor first and then to be given the opportunity to showcase that in this show, I think is part of the reason why um, there's been attention to it because that's what I love to do, and mm-hmm. it's just now we're just now we're all given the opportunity to. Right. Um, I also think I'm just really tall, you know, and <laughs> six, six 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 seven. <laughs> yes, yeah, six like six seven. Yeah, it's mostly nice. I mean, I think the ten percent concern that I have about it is that it detracts from the story that we're telling, mm-hmm. and and I hope that that's not the case. I hope that that even when people, I mean, because sometimes the wording is, "Oh, I was distracted by." Oh, sure by that and Mm -hmm. I was like oh that's not what I'm going for um (laughs) I don't think that's anybody's intention but I actually don't think that's necessarily true I Mm -hmm. mean I think people are just saying that has like a coy way of Uh, of saying that they enjoyed my height (laughs) you know
0: (laughs) I enjoy your height good god
1: like there's no way you can be distracted from the story by watching me because I I, what I'm trying to do like 100% of that is tell the story yeah so if you are distracted, you're entirely missing even what I'm doing. That's my whole, like, that's my my take on it.
2: Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air?
3: For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points.
4: Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air.
3: Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.
2: Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air?
3: For years, and I really like it. With CheapoAir, Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points.
4: Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air.
3: Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.
0: So the last little set of questions I want to ask you is about uh, stage versus screen. Cool. How long did you work on The Greatest Showman?
1: That wasn't, I mean, that was talk about an, like a much longer audition process. Uh-huh. I auditioned, my final call was right after my birthday in in late August. And then I was kind of on hold for two and a half months. (laughs) And there were complications in in budget cuts. And when we auditioned, there was a start date and I was still on hold after the start date. I was like, people are working on this contract right now, what's what's happening? Mm -hmm. Um, My understanding of it is that there were dancers um, who were already in pre-production Um, And then there were the five major identifiable characters. And then there was this world of oddities that was supposed to be in the middle who could do the singing and dancing and then also do the acting scenes. Who, that was the group that was all on hold. And the production company kept cutting the budget. And as a result, a lot of those people started getting cut. I finally was kind of saved in that group. I think there was only like three of us that, that were saved from that group. And we finally got the, the official offer, and they said, you start in January on your first day of f- filming. And I was like, how am I supposed to do a new musical with no rehearsal?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They didn't have an answer, but they are like, that's when you start. Um, so I... <laughs> This was like in beginning, maybe end of October, beginning of November. Mm-hmm. I settled at my place. I went to LA. I was like, I'm just going to go spend late fall, winter in LA. And because I was like, I, I have this job. There's nothing that's going to happen. Between in- now and then. Yeah. I might and- as well just go. <laughs> and I went and they called me right away. And I knew it was going to happen. So I started beginning of December, learned everything. And then we started filming January and I worked on it till mid-April. Oh, it's pretty long.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the differences between doing a musical number for film
1: versus doing a number on stage? It, for it being my first film, I was craving more more of a feeling of a completed number going into the filming of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, when you finally finish a, a production number in a Broadway show, you're like, oh, this is amazing. I know all the elements. This is all the transitions. And I like knowing all the pu- um, pieces of the puzzle. For um, a musical movie... There are certain things that they're like that they just don't specify, and you're like, "What's going on here? What's going on here?" You kind of learn s- slices of of the whole pie, mm-hmm. um, and then I realize that it's because when you film, you only film slices. Mm-hmm. So you have to deliver uh, an opening night performance for two minutes but over and over and over. So the stamina is different.
0: It's interval training.
1: Yes, <laughs> for sure. Compared to the marathon of, of, of a Broadway show, your pacing is not for two and a half hours of a complete show. Your pacing is, oh, this is a, a two minute sprint that you have to do for the next seven hours. I think people know that sort of theater has
0: its own special family that yeah. gets created in a production. And it's one of the things that we love about doing theater is that we get to be a part of this community of people.
1: Yeah. Did you get that feeling? I, I think I got that feeling, but I, I think only because we had a director, Michael Gracie, and Hugh Jackman, who are very are cut from a theater cloth, uh-huh. and they worked to create that. Found that there was a lot of um, scenarios where that is not apparent, Mm -hmm. um, that I could see the the process of making a movie being much more isolating Mm -hmm. um, than what it was. It still was way more isolating than than a Broadway rehearsal process, um, which is one of the biggest differences I found. You know, there isn't a a table read or there isn't necessarily a run through of the Mm -hmm. whole um, movie. There, There are people that you show up to shoot a scene with who you meet for the first time and that's it. Like there, I'm in scenes with people who, who right now don't know my name, which mm-hmm. is very different than if you're in a scene with somebody on Broadway or in a, in a, a piece of theater. Right. Yeah, but I think I, I think the magic of that movie is because we, we had such great leadership in attempting to create that sense of community and that sense of collaboration. But I don't know if that's inherent in the movie-making process as much as it is in, um, in a piece of theater. And I also think the, the biggest difference is at the end of the day those editors and that director decide what makes the film and they decide kind of your fate. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, in theater, the actors get to decide. We, you know, which is part of the empowerment of, I think what brings us all together is that we get to create this together every night and the director and the choreographer no longer have a say because what we're about to do is what they're about to see. It Mm -hmm. happens immediately.
0: Special thanks to Timothy Hughes for sharing his stories with us this week. You can learn more about him and how to connect with him online by visiting our website, theensemblist.com. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Mo Brady. You can help others find out about The Ensemblist. I say it every week, but I really mean it. You can help others find out about The Ensemblist. That is so empowering. Just uh, give us a rating or a review or both on Apple Podcasts. You can also download episodes of The Ensemblist wherever you get your podcasts or at theensemblist.com. And make sure you're following us on Instagram. We've been sharing a new photo series every single week this summer. A lot of really beautiful content from fantastic photographers of incredible Broadway performers.